0: So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting Bluehost.com. That's Bluehost.com.
1: Hello, honey, and welcome to Honey Do Me Podcast. I'm Cass. And I'm Emma, and we're just two gals looking for a good lay. Aren't we all? (laughs) But when it comes to sex, we're just as lost as you and have no idea what we're doing. Luckily, we will stop at nothing to get the answers we need. Cue our expert guests. We're ready to overshare and ask all the embarrassing questions so you don't have to. By the end
2: of every episode, you will be dripping in actionable steps and ready to take on the damn world, or at least take it from behind. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us, honey, how do you do you?
1: And we're ready to rumble. <laughs> did you hear my voice crack?
2: <laughs> I did. And I also pressed start a little late. So it'll be <laughs> kind of cut off. Well, but I saw the energy and I
1: liked it. Well, know that it's coming through all over your face. Wow. <laughs> How about that? Well, I think that's just what's on my mind because... Uh-huh. The other day, my partner woke me up with a little bit of a surprise. It sounds like he stuck his dick in my face. <laughs> That's not what happened. Quite That's the opposite. What I heard. Um, he, you know, we were just laying in bed, waking up. I was thinking about the donuts we were getting ready to order, and he turns over and says, Cass said, Yes. <laughs> said, Do you and I'm thinking, like, do you want donuts? I'm like, Yeah. He's like, do you think you would ever ride my face. Oh my god. <laughs> and I said, "Oh. Oh, that's where <laughs> your head's at or you yeah. want to be." <laughs> yeah, that's where you want my head. Your head. Your head. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and I said, "Sure." Yeah. Um, so that's in my future, but the donuts were still in my present. So
2: <laughs> that's how I'm doing. That's hilarious. How are you? I'm doing fine. We have your bachelorette party coming up this weekend, Mm -hmm. which I am so stoked for. We're going
1: to get litty titties.
2: Yeah, we have a party bus. We have roller skating. We have 70s vibes. I have a really cool dress that I can't wait to wear. Yeah. Which, shout out to... that i forgot her name on instagram <laughs> she's a girl i followed from high school she's so fucking cool like way cooler mm. than me anyway i saw her wearing this like thermal heat dress we'll take cool pictures You're and like, post them on I'm her i'm gonna
1: be a thermal heat girl yeah so mm-hmm. i
2: bought it and i'll send her a picture and be like this is because of you Cause this is all so cause cool of you, baby yeah
1: i have like triple level platforms so i'm a lot taller wow. than my fiance, which i love mm-hmm. i feel like it's the day of vibes and that's all yes, going that's for. all we're trying to go for. Um, yes, very excited. How how have you been all around? I'm fine. I had um a really funky dream the other night.
2: So you all know that I have like sex dreams. <laughs> you know, like I have a very visual dreamer. Very. Uh, I don't know, all my senses get heightened in my dream, which all is my kind of funky. But and we all also know that I talk about having a voyeur kink. <laughs> so, we know a lot about it. And so do the people next door to us in our office now. Uh, because these walls are very thin. Mm-hmm. So I had one of my voyeur dreams, mm-hmm. but I also have like my kink also involves kind of having to have sex. When I don't really want to, okay, because I'm in a sticky situation. As a strategy, and I as ha- a strategy <laughs> exactly. No hand, finger on the nose. Mm-hmm. Um. So I had one of those dreams, which I usually love, and they're fun because it's more about like performing in front of right. people. Right. And you're nothing if you're not a star. If I'm not a star. <laughs> um. But the person I was having sex with in my dream was like such a gargoyle uh. that, like, it was just not fun. Like it. I mean, it was fun. Gargoyle. He like looked like a a come to life version of a gargoyle with like a long pointy like crow nose okay. and how did it how was it I mean like Wait. I did great I felt great I still had like an orgasm in my sleep which is okay. cool but yeah
1: so I was just bummed I woke gargoyle up and I was did just a like good job. Mm-hmm.
2: I wish she could have had
1: just like an ugly personality <laughs> he put that nose to use <laughs> which I you've hope talked about that your before. kid will do oh, for yeah. you wow so it's Full fun that we're circle. yeah both experiencing similar things in our lives yeah absolutely it's good to always be in the same place we
2: need to be constantly like mirroring each other Mm -hmm. to feel connected
1: yeah absolutely that's that's what our friendship is based on that and the tiny baby furniture we accidentally bought for our office this is the silliest thing I'm like I'm just livid yeah (laughs) we bought the cutest pink furniture And And it it was made for children. uh It's for like a playhouse. I, very expensive playhouse. (laughs) Looks like if I sat down on it, I would take it down. Take it down. (laughs) Take it down. So if anybody needs a very tiny pink couch, you can pay me $800 for
2: it. (laughs) It wasn't $800, but extra for my nerves, for my labor. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, let's get into who and what we're talking about this week because I'm actually very excited. For this week's
1: episode. Me too. We have on Erica Smith mm-hmm. and we are talking about purity culture, which mm-hmm. is something that people have been asking us to talk about for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And it's here. It's so fucking good. And I was mind blown. I thought this was going to be a very interesting episode just to learn more about like
2: people who grew up with like purity culture actually in their mm-hmm. face in terms of like, we want Religion. you to Religion. Be- pure until you get married and i had no idea how broad and like that stroke is Mm -hmm. over everyone that we all grew up in purity culture and how it's affected us and like our sexuality
1: just like the concept of virginity the Mm -hmm. idea of like any sort of like sexual thing being a little dirty
2: yeah i used to like mm -hmm. i used to do math in my head of the people I've had sex with, like, Mm -hmm. like, Oh my God, like this didn't work out. Mm -hmm. And now I'm going to have to have sex with someone else. And my number will go up and that will like diminish my value. Like I used to think about sex that way. Mm -hmm. And I didn't put that into the concept of like purity culture and all of this, like thing being pure inside of me. Exactly. Until we had this episode.
1: It's so good. You're going to learn so much. And honestly, we can do so cool. Yeah. Oh my god, so fucking cool. such a little wealth of knowledge, a I big know. wealth of knowledge. Big oh my god, of knowledge. And you'll hear all our aha moments. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know when we have aha moments when we go on tangents and it gets personal. Yeah. yeah. And we're like, oh, that wasn't planned. <laughs> oh shit.
1: Um, but either way, we're gonna see you on the other side of this. Yes, we will.
2: Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Bye.
0: So my name is Erica Smith, and I am a sex educator. And what I'm known for kind of publicly now is focusing on people who were raised in Christian purity culture or any kind of purity culture any kind of kind of fundamentalist religion where sex was treated as a really shameful secretive bad thing mm-hmm. and i have wanted to focus my work on that population because i feel like we're hearing from more and more people who were raised in purity culture and feel like they know nothing about their bodies or sex. Mm -hmm. But that's only been my focus for the last few years. Um, Before that, I was working with um, young people in juvenile detention. And before that, I worked in abortion care. Um, A lot of my work has been public health focused around like HIV prevention for young people. So I have been in the field for a little over 20 years and yeah, this is, this is kind of where I landed having my own sex ed business, which is not something I would have imagined back when I
2: started. Right. Well, I can't say you've done easy work in your past. (laughs) (laughs) I would definitely say it's been the big heavy lifting of like sex education and normalization.
0: Yeah. And I've seriously had no public facing persona until like the last three years. I was just like working in Philadelphia for a children's hospital, kind of in the trenches doing work that, you know, was was very kind of. It wasn't outward-facing at all, mm-hmm. um, other than to the kids I was working with in particular. So it's been interesting in the last few years kind of having an Instagram account and having a public public persona and having other people be interested in my work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's awesome, but it's definitely... Not anything like it was when I was just like going into detention center and teaching <laughs> sex ed to the kids,
1: you know. <laughs> Very different.
2: Absolutely. Well, I'm sure as you've gotten to be more public facing, you you have a whole course on purity culture dropout, and so I'm sure yeah. you've gotten a lot of questions, as have we, as we've become a little bit more prominent in like the sex whatever. So can we start with a basic definition? You kind of went over it, but of laying the groundwork of what is purity culture and what does it teach?
0: Totally. So purity culture is not something that's even unique to Christians. It's kind of like cross-cultural in various religions, but it all stems from this rigid system of control when it comes to gender and sexuality. So the idea that there's, you know, there's two distinct genders, male and female, and their goal is to be united in heterosexual matrimony. And the virginity of the woman is considered very sacred and precious and must be preserved at all costs. And so that idea is not new. But in the 90s, Christians in America really took it up a notch. (laughs) And they developed like a purity industry. So suddenly we had not only that teaching in the church, but it was being pushed by um, politicians in the American government to teach abstinence only in schools, and there was this whole move to just, like have kids sign purity pledges, and books were written about it. Um, yeah, the face you made is the right face. <laughs> <It's> the <correct laughs> face to make. Um, a book that was really pivotal in purity culture was called I Kiss Dating Goodbye, and this was a book written by a very young man who has since completely renounced all of it. Um, but it was a book that said literally, we shouldn't even date each other, we shouldn't even kiss until we're married. And that extreme version really took off. So it like went. It was very pivotal in the nineties and early two thousands, where people were signing pledges, wearing rings, there were purity balls, and this wasn't just happening in like churches and youth groups. This stuff was happening in public schools too. So that is the, you know, so there's like the broader definition of purity culture. And then there's the specific way that like white American evangelicals ran with it as this really like intense thing. And it's still happening. I mean, there are now like young Christian influencers on TikTok that are parroting the same stuff. So they're like doing these little dances with each other. And they're always these like, very straight white skinny blondes and they're always like (laughs) dancing around being like we waited till marriage and it was really great um and every time I see them I'm just like they're gonna be my clients in a couple years
1: (laughs) I'll see you soon honey
0: because with the idea of purity culture is that you stay quote-unquote pure until marriage which is always more important for the woman Mm -hmm. and then the second you sign the papers and take the vows and exchange the rings and you're just like yeah we're ready to fuck Mm -hmm. and that's not a switch that you can flip easily Mm -hmm. um but you know that's the thing that happens when people are raised that way they suddenly get married and they're like okay we can have sex now and it it ends up often being very dysfunctional because they're like but nobody taught us anything about sex
1: One of my questions that I was thinking of prepping for this interview was about like who purity culture impacts, because obviously it impacts people who are raised within that culture specifically, like Christian or religious. But then I was thinking about all the ways that like I feel like I've internalized purity culture, where like I did see virginity as like this really important, like life changing thing, and that like just the idea of like being dirty and all of those kinds of things feels really pervasive even beyond like religion like you were saying within public schools like it just feels like common that we think of virginity yes. as this like
2: mm-hmm. it is
1: <laughs> and sex is dirty until mm-hmm. you're old enough to
2: be completely sexualized which is very young mm-hmm. but and be at the service of whoever wants to have sex with you mm-hmm. you know
0: yeah, so I I completely agree with you. I don't think that purity culture is limited to people raised in the church, because I think it's baked into the fabric of American society. Like this country was founded, founded you know, colonized mm-hmm. by Puritans with puritanical beliefs. And those sexual values have been really pervasive in our society. And so some of the the main tenets of purity culture, you don't have to have been raised in a church or going to youth group to get them. Like, slut-shaming is purity culture. Rape culture is purity culture. Blaming women for being um, sexually tempting is purity culture. Acting, um, having a sexual double standard where men can do certain things and women can't is purity culture. Homophobia and transphobia is purity culture. So, like, it is definitely really deep in our society not just in the church Mm -hmm. and also i don't know how old you all are but if you grew up at the time when like the jonas brothers and britney and jessica simpson were popular like in the early 2000s they were that was purity culture in pop culture Mm because remember everyone was like obsessed with whether or not these teen pop stars were virgins yeah Mm -hmm. yeah
2: and that's creepy because all the jonas brothers had purity rings right Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm.
1: publicly which was crazy. Yep. Yeah. Wow, it's pervasive. And when you were naming all the different things that are purity culture, I was thinking that of makes... dress codes as yeah. well. Yeah, oh, dress codes. Yeah. Absolutely. So which... you're not tempting. Mm-hmm. Which is like so gross. When that... you're
2: twelve and getting sent home because an adult like person mm-hmm. thinks that you look too inappropriate. Like that is just yeah. Yeah. foul.
0: Because it's like your bra strap is showing or yeah. you know, you don't want to quote unquote distract the boys. And those dress codes are always enforced harder on girls who have larger bodies, curvier bodies, or like sometimes girls who are black or brown, like, Mm -hmm. cause they're just inherently seen as more sexy. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, if I'm wearing a V-neck top and I'm an A cup, no one's going to send me home. But if I'm wearing a V-neck top and I'm double D's, then they will. So Mm -hmm. it's, that is all purity culture. And it's really disgusting. Mm -hmm.
2: Is there a difference at all between, toxic purity culture which we're talking about and like the decision to wait until marriage like is there a healthy way to decide i'm waiting until marriage or is that all rooted in kind of this like shame belief
0: that's such a good question um and that's actually when i work with people one of the things that we usually try to parse out for them is what their values actually are and what's driving them mm-hmm. so if i get a client who's like i renounce all this stuff I learned in church, but I do think that the act of like sexual intercourse is something that I want to be special for me and that I want to really be connected to or in a committed relationship for. I think that can be an awesome, healthy decision, but I think we need to examine what drives that decision. Mm -hmm. Um, Is it because you, you know, you really value the connection and intimacy of sex or is it because you were told that there's no other way?
1: Mm -hmm. And I think
0: letting people make that decision for themselves and kind of think critically about what's behind it is really important.
1: Yeah. And that's so hard to parse out too, because it's like, you kind of just have to keep going and going and going like, okay, yes, I want to wait until marriage, but is it because I don't see myself as pure? If I have sex before, or I somehow see myself as tainted, even if it's like subconscious and it's like, mm. oh my God, it's complicated. I know. <laughs> and then if you
2: actually don't have any of that affiliation, mm-hmm. you might feel shame on top of that being like, but am I like, perpetuating this cycle of Mm -hmm. like, you know, shame sexed or Mm -hmm. shamed sex, whatever. But
0: yeah, it's a lot to untangle, especially Mm -hmm. for folks who were raised so deeply in the church. Like that was their only, you know, their only knowledge of sex comes from it. And they've were told to have those beliefs from childhood. It's really hard to figure out what you actually feel and believe and what was kind of, um, indoctrination. Mm
1: -hmm. Is it safe to say that all of us have some sort of indo- indoctrination into purity culture and that like we should all start working on like dropping out of purity culture or are there like particular signs that you are you are a victim of purity culture
0: well that is you guys have the best questions <laughs> oh, thank you you're <laughs> so good um Truly, I think that if you, and I can only speak for people born and raised, or at least raised in the United States, because mm-hmm. that's my experience. But if you were raised in the United States, absolutely, um, you have been receiving purity culture messaging from your earliest, your earliest life. I mean, the United States is known for having very sex negative and restrictive Ideas about sex and regressive ideas about sex. For example, compared to several European countries that have been studied, like Germany, France, and the Netherlands, they have such lower rates of things like unwanted um, pregnancy or sexually transmitted infections. And they're having just as much sex, but they're not shame weirdos about it. Mm-hmm. So like, yes, we have all been affected in this country by purity culture, even folks. I sometimes get people that were like, I wasn't raised in the church and my parents were kind of hippies, but I still picked up sexual shame from my peers or from the media I was consuming or because a friend took me to youth group a couple times like I went to- down that
2: cycle. <laughs> that was, I did that for a few months in high school. <laughs> that was rough. There's
0: lots of, you know, when you're a kid and you want to find your peer group and want to find belonging, sometimes yeah. you you go to these groups or end up in these communities with your friends. And I've seen people who were like, Oh, my parents probably had no idea what they were even telling me. Um, but you know, in my house we weren't ashamed of sex, but then I learned all this stuff from from the rest of the world. So Yeah, the way that I would think about if you've been affected by purity culture is thinking about where you received messages about sex and what those messages were. And probably uh, some of them are going to be mainstream purity culture messages.
2: It's crazy. Yeah, when I went to youth group, um, definitely like a whole bunch of like relationship shame. Like my friend was dating someone who didn't go to youth group. And he was like really prominent in his church. And they're like, if you want to keep like growing at this church, you have to break up with your girlfriend. Like you can't be with her and still be here at the church. Oh my God. And he didn't. It's and he so married her. So <laughs>
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: And honestly, um, if like, even if your parents are making an effort to teach you sex ed at home, it, you're still going to get the, the crap messaging from other places. Oh, like, yeah the religious right gained so much political power in this country in, like, the late 70s and 80s, and that started to affect what was being taught in schools, and I'm sure you're familiar with all the shit that's happening now about, like, um, allowing people to teach about gender identity in schools or about systemic racism in schools. All of that is driven by the political power of the religious right, and they also, for years, have been... um, pushing the abstinence only curriculum and funding, which means that in many public schools, we have absolute shit sex education. Mm-hmm. And that is also purity culture. So if your school was like, yeah, we had a little bit, or it was mostly based on teaching us how to avoid the bad outcomes. All of that is purity culture being filtered into the mainstream.
2: That's just, and that's so obvious when you put it that way, where it's like, what you're taught is what to be afraid of. And it's like, because if you follow that ladder all the way up, like you're, you're at this like toxic purity culture, mm-hmm. yeah, which is, that's insane.
0: I mean, I know people that have had to sign purity pledges that went into public schools. Like it was, oh,
1: yeah, it was like, yeah, feels like it should be that's, illegal. <laughs> that's
2: definitely something that cycled around. I, I remember seeing that maybe my freshman year of high school, something about like, if you're considering sex, like promise to yourself that you'll like, maybe not. Abstain, but you'll be, you'll think about it and you'll make sure it's like
1: all, it's like, Oh my God, gross.
2: Who the fuck are you? <laughs> yeah. Like, tell me anything you're about like 50 sex. year
1: old principal.
2: Yeah. Which is just foul. Ugh.
0: Yeah, And then another thing that's happening currently is that, um, I'm sure you're all familiar with like a pregnancy crisis center and how there are places that like pretend to give abortion care, but really lure you in to give you like God messaging sometimes schools contract with those places to come in and teach sex ed oh my god public schools so like public schools are inviting in private religious organizations that are deeply sex negative to teach the sex ed unit
1: that's just that's so sad yeah (laughs) that's like heartbreaking Mm -hmm. and so scary and Which was what
2: leads everyone to be like just so confused. (laughs) I feel Mm -hmm. like growing up, not
1: really knowing where you stand. One of the questions that I have is like, you know, I don't think I, I received pretty good sex education and my mom was pretty open, but I definitely still got like the virginity messaging in particular. So that's what I'm really interested in. Like, how do you balance that? Because I know she was coming from a place of wanting me to be safe, but it's like, how do you, I don't know. And maybe I'm thinking about it in terms of like, how am I going to tell my kids? Like, what do you do? Like, how do you balance virginity messaging with also wanting them to be safe? And it's like, I guess, what does safe mean? I don't know. Oh,
0: I, have, I mean, I have a very clear answer for that, actually, because um, I work with teenagers a lot and I also work with parents of teenagers. And so when I think about what I hope for teenagers, it's not that they don't have sex at all. Or it's not that they, you know, quote, unquote, keep their virginity until a certain age. But I actually have like a list of things that I think are really important um, for people to have in place before they choose to have sex for the first time. And I'm going to actually read you that list because I feel like it's it's a concrete list of things that I think are so much more important than just the question of should I lose my Mm -hmm. virginity or not?
2: Yes, please.
0: So. Which yeah, is so find. sad
2: while you're while you're finding it, just as a side note. It's sad when you're mm-hmm. like contemplating having sex with someone you love, like say your first boyfriend, mm-hmm. and you're also balancing this like, but then I will be dirty if I tell my mom like she'll hate me, mm-hmm. you know, like I am all these negative things when I'm just trying to do something
1: like you're not their like little girl anymore yeah. because now you've had sex and that like changes yeah. your relationship with everyone else for some reason. Yes,
2: even though it's no one else's fucking business. Exactly. But, yeah. I mean. It's it's you know,
0: I mean being a young woman is particularly weird about that. I don't think people mm-hmm. get as strange about their their sons. Mm-hmm. Um so here's my list of things that I hope teenagers have in place before they have sex an authentic desire to have sex. So not just being like, well, my boyfriend wants to, or Mm -hmm. I think I should because I'm still a virgin at 17 or whatever. Um, Some clarity on their own values. So is this something you feel good about doing? Do you feel like um, it's something that you're choosing yourself and that you support other people in making that decision too? Like, what are your values about sex? Um, The third thing is a partner they feel good about. So for some people that might mean like I want to be in love and I want to be, you know, in a committed monogamous relationship. But I think a partner they feel good about, like someone that respects them. Uh, The fourth is knowledge of sex ed basics. So you need to know what your body does. You need to know what condoms are like and what um, sexual health prevention is necessary for you. So like if you are in a relationship that could potentially result in pregnancy, you should know how to prevent that. Um, If you are in a relationship, like if you're a queer girl and you're having sex with someone else with a vulva, you should know what, what kind of prevention methods are required in that scenario. Um, Communication skills. Like if you have to be able to talk, you have to be able to express yourself and your boundaries Knowledge on how to give and get consent, so knowing that it's your right to say no or stop at any time and also being able to accept that from a partner. Mm -hmm. And resources for sexual health care, so you Mm -hmm. know that if you need something, you could go to Planned Parenthood or you could go to your mom or you could go to the free clinic or even your friend's mom or something like that. So those are the things that I think are important, not just don't have sex.
2: since 1996, Osea has been making seaweed-infused skincare that is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat mom to the everyday spa experience she deserves with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code doomi at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to o s e a Malibu.com and use code DEWME for 10% off. Those are amazing and like hold true throughout your entire...
1: I was life. just going to say that. I think yeah. that's relevant to every age, especially as you're like, you know, in relation to this episode, if you're parsing out, like, am I not wanting to have sex with this person because I feel guilty if I do have sex, That that's a bad thing. Or like, you know, if you're just trying to decide, like, is this what I want to do? Which I think is important to really be conscious about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Those are great right. questions to ask yourself because those are all the things that make for good sex. Yeah. And we all we want are. good sex. <laughs> yes,
2: <laughs> And like having that cornerstone of like, consent which obviously on like the basics people think like, oh I know what consent is but knowing that like oh if I'm in the middle of sex I can say I'm done mm-hmm. and I have mm-hmm. to accept that from a partner as well like that's still stuff that people don't mm-hmm. know and teach and talk about in your 20s and it's like it's so, so true. it's so important and it's such a huge topic, but also it's not that hard to understand.
1: Right. Cause it's like, okay, if you try a position mid, like a different position and then it doesn't feel as good as you thought it was going to be, you're allowed to say no. Mm -hmm. But I feel like a lot of people feel stuck. Like, well, I already said yes. Right. It's like, that's all consent too. Right. It is. And it's advocating for what you want. Mm -hmm.
0: I spoke to a woman recently who's in her later twenties and she said, every time I kiss a guy, I feel like I have to consent to sex then and doesn't know how to just do what she wants and be able to stop. Um, And I don't think she's alone in that. It's like, if I kiss a guy, he's going to assume that we're going to have sex. And so you're right that consent is an issue that is never, it's never irrelevant. It's relevant for all of us, no matter how old we are. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, that's so true. Um, I kind of want to jump back. I don't know if I want to talk about more about like your identity within purity culture or coming out of purity culture and finding
1: who you are. What do you think? I think I would love to get a little bit more into the identity piece and okay. some of the ways that like maybe we do see it show up mm-hmm. in our daily lives if we are within it. Yeah, within it. Okay. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. Okay. yeah.
2: So maybe we can touch on like your own sexual identity and like masturbation and like finding mm-hmm. yourself as a sexual person or not if you are within mm-hmm. purity culture and what that looks like.
0: Oh, it is so different for everybody. Um, I have worked with people who, so you probably are aware that like children discover their bodies and they touch their bodies and their genitals. And it's a natural, normal thing because once we realize it feels good to touch, we're like, oh, I can do this. Um, But so some people I've worked with had that experience as small children but then we're told in adolescence it's so bad to touch yourself god will hate you or god will watch or you will go to hell and then they're like oh my god that that nice thing that i was doing by myself in bed is a sin and then it really messes their mind up um and then they get this like shame complex which is what they're supposed to get um that's the point and then they they get weird about it um i've worked with other people who were adult women in their early 20s who did not know that women could masturbate. They thought that it was purely something that men did. Um, some women I've worked with did not even know what a clitoris was until they were in their early 20s. And I keep mentioning women because they are the majority of people that I that I work with. Um, so it is it is different. I mean, every once in a while I meet someone who's like, yeah, I didn't believe this stuff or it I wasn't as deep into it, but for the people that are deep into it, it immediately interrupts that like healthy relationship that you should have with your body. Um, This is super interesting, but people who were raised in deep impurity culture sometimes exhibit the same symptoms or characteristics as people who experience childhood sexual abuse. And there's a really brilliant doctor, um, Dr. Tina Shermer Sellers. She wrote a book called Sex, God and the Conservative Church. And she has she's the one that made that connection. And she said that, like, purity culture interrupts your healthy sexual development with shame, silence and secrecy in the same way that childhood sexual abuse interrupts healthy sexual development. So by the time you're an adult, like there are people that panic when it comes to sex or they have like freeze or flight or, um, deep discomfort with her own bodies. And a lot of, I mean, I think it's so mind blowing that purity culture can cause the same stuff. Mm
2: -hmm. That's so, that is really interesting. And it makes a lot of sense when your own body, like if you navigate any farther, you have sinned your, you should feel shame. You're going to go to hell. You're going to go to like all of this, Mm -hmm. like very, very intense stuff that you can feel at like, I know I started exploring at like nine, you know, mm-hmm. like imagine dealing with that on your mind at such a young age of like, I could have just damned myself for the rest of my life. And like, yeah. I shamed my family type of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that is, And that's what people,
0: people get taught that stuff. I mean, I wasn't raised in a religious family, so this is not my personal experience. And I have learned so much from the people I work with, but if you're raised in a very, very evangelical family, you learn that your whole body is sinful and that the needs of your body aren't even important. It's like the spiritual self that you should be caring for. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, yeah, sex, all of it's bad. Sex is bad. You know, it doesn't matter what what kind of care and attention you give your body because we're only worried about your spiritual health. So, you know, people are taught to completely be divorced from their physical bodies, not to pay any attention to it, not to trust it. Um, and that's why people raised in purity culture often have eating disorders too. Cause there's a lot of like, don't give into the food appetite. That stuff doesn't matter either. Um, there's a lot of purity culture and diet culture crossover. Mm-hmm. And it's rooted in like, don't trust your body. Your body is just a, a pit of sin,
2: basically. Oh I'm God. just like mind blown over yeah. here about just how just awful <laughs> that is. And for, for someone who's might might be trying to like work out of it as well, like how fucking confusing
1: that must be mm-hmm. in your life. Well, yeah. And I think, you know, obviously there are those very extreme cases and people are carrying that with them. And I'm sure that comes with a lot of needed therapy and all of those kinds of things for people who maybe, you know, weren't as entrenched and or maybe we're just told that like touching yourself was dirty, that sort of thing. Like how does that, because obviously you carry that with you, like you bring that into all of your sexual experiences later, even if you're like, yeah, I know it's not dirty. Yes, I am talking about myself. Um, (laughs) It's like, I know it's not dirty, but it's like, how is, how could that possibly still be impacting my sexual experiences now? Like, how could that be leading to less satisfying sex than Mm -hmm. I could maybe have without?
0: Yeah. I mean, we, you're right. We internalize this stuff and sometimes don't even realize that it's still in the back of our minds. It mm-hmm. might not be in your conscious brain. I bet you intellectually, I mean, you do a sex podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you intellectually. No, that's bullshit. Clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, but rooting it out is a whole different ball game and it's a long game too. It's, I always say like, I wish I could just magically cure your sexual shame, but like, therapy is what most people need and Mm -hmm. I think regular exposure to good sex ed information helps Mm -hmm. the more you learn about yourself um the more you learn just about the history of sexuality too like I always tell my clients like people in this century aren't the first people to invent like sex for pleasure and eating ass and just like all (laughs) the things People have been doing that since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I, I feel like once we realize that, it can feel like less dirty and shameful. If you're like, this is just a human, mm-hmm. a human behavior.
2: Yeah, totally. When you don't think that you reinvented something, like that's how I felt when I first started masturbating. I was like, oh my God, I discovered this thing. And I can either make millions, or
1: I'm going to be shamed for it. I'm us. going to hell, or I'm going one to hell. or the other. <laughs>
2: but I remember, like, finally, one time, opening up to a friend about it. And I'm like, okay, so I do this thing. She's like, oh, I do it too. I was like, I thought I invented that. And God, it's so powerful to yeah. know you're not alone. <laughs> yeah, when you know that it can go back, either like to your friends or generate or like whatever. Like, you're not the first one to invent sex. It takes so much weight <laughs> off of your shoulders. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I think that's another way that purity culture can be even for someone like me who wasn't raised in any type of situation where that was like super present, but how mm-hmm. it like affected me still.
0: I was actually just thinking today that the way, um, women's pleasure is shown in like TV and movies is so drastically different than it was even like 10, 15 years ago. You never used to see footage of women receiving oral sex in movies it was like movies would immediately get an NC 17 rating. If a woman was having getting oral sex, even though people are always like given blowjobs in movies Mm -hmm. and the same thing for um, a woman masturbating, like that was scandalous as fuck. And now it's just like a regular part of, you know, like there's so many TV shows now where like a girl just takes her vibrator out of her purse Mm -hmm. or out of her bedside table. But like, so, you were not seeing examples of women experiencing pleasure. And that shit gets in your mind, you know? Like, yes. American Pie was all about dudes getting their nut off, mm-hmm. all about boys. Mm-hmm. And there was not a comparable movie for girls until a couple years ago. Um, what the hell was that movie called? It had Beanie Feldstein in it and it was really funny. So-
2: oh, book, um, wait.
1: Book smart. Book smart. Book smart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that was such a good Book movie. I, I watched <laughs> I that, that in
0: theater with my mother, and I was like, <laughs> "My mom is super cool." But I was just like, "If this movie had come out when I was in high school, it would have made such a difference." Absolutely. Um, and so now, like, girls do see examples of women getting sexual pleasure, either masturbation or oral sex, or like having orgasms on TV and movies, where that was never shown before.
1: That is such a good point Mm -hmm. because I've been thinking about, you know, oral sex in particular with a vulva and it's like I internalize so many messages that if I am not perfect, then I should not have somebody go down on me. Like I need to be worried about how it looks, how it smells, how it tastes, like all of these things because it is even a little bit dirty that like (laughs) if, you know, dirty, um, Then, like, I absolutely have to say no to somebody going down on me. And I did say no a lot of times because I didn't think that I was perfect enough or clean enough, air quotes, because that's what I internalized is that I have no, to be clean like, and pure. Uh,
0: I'm gonna go back into like whispering your ear in those times of like, anyone who gets close enough to your vulva should feel lucky. Mm-hmm. and just be like this is the vulva you're gonna get so yeah. <laughs> enjoy it you know enjoy what i mean it. like i don't think people with penises think as much about it like mm-hmm. guys will just be like my balls are smelly whatever give me a little anyway it's
2: amazing <laughs> how much they don't care about that it's, it's incredible, amazing <laughs> incredible truly an inspiration well, to vulva <laughs> owners everywhere <not> sure. <laughs> since we're kind of on the topic of penises um (laughs) so Mm -hmm. what is purity culture teaching like cis het men what is what are they hearing about themselves and women um Mm -hmm. in purity culture
0: it's it is also bad news for cis het men no Mm -hmm. surprise there um I do believe from observation and research that women and queer people bear the brunt of the harm of purity culture. Mm -hmm. But um, so what, there's a really great book called um, Pure by a writer named Linda K. Klein, and she studied her peers who had been raised in purity culture over a long period of time. And her conclusion was kind of like women, and I speak in the binary here again, because that's all that exists in this world. Mm -hmm but women learn that their bodies are terrible and dirty and dangerous and men learn that their minds are terrible and dirty and dangerous. So they are taught to like police every sexual thought and feeling they are taught that to feel attraction is dangerous. Um, boys are basically told that if they indulge in any kind of sexual thought or feeling that they will lose all control. And that it, I've heard the quote, like it's like a train going off the tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, Like, they're teaching boys that, like, you are a harm to other people and yourself. And there are sometimes, in, like, the more extreme versions, these accountability groups where boys are supposed to meet. And I have so many weird thoughts and feelings and theories about this. But they're supposed to meet with their, like, male church leader or youth group leader and report all of the things that they thought about or that they saw that week that were hot. So you would go back to your youth group leader and be like the girl in study hall had really nice breasts and it made me, and like, you have to tell on, like, there's an accountability. It's called Uh an accountability process. Um, And so I have worked with cishet men in their thirties who were like, I'm so afraid to find a woman attractive. I have so much trouble just letting myself find a girl attractive. And I'm always like, it's not predatory Mm -hmm. to find someone attractive. Mm -hmm. It's not creepy to want to have sex, but like Mm -hmm. they've really been taught this. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's one way that it shows up a lot. And another is, um, sometimes, you know, guys really buy into the thought that they deserve a pure, perfect Mm -hmm. wife, Mm -hmm. um, a pure, perfect wife that keeps her body healthy and attractive for him, Mm -hmm. Because that's what that's the line that they get. So sometimes women are like, Yeah,
1: guys raised in purity culture are like pretty fucked up too.
2: What a can of worms with
1: that. A really good system to make predators. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And if you don't become a predator, you just hate yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like what a mental like cage
2: for people for men who grow up in you know in that culture. It's like that is so that's so sad. That not Mm -hmm. only are physically we're in a cage and then mentally they're in a cage and they hate themselves and we all just hate ourselves and mm-hmm. we're horny and we can't do anything
1: about it and then they can control us
0: yeah but i know some guys that um i'm like i usually have a hair tie around my wrists but i don't right now mm-hmm. um i know some guys who were told to always have like a really tight rubber band around their wrist and anytime they had a sex- sexy thought to ping themselves mm-hmm. it's literal self-flagellation like harm yourself if you feel a absolutely fucking natural human urge
2: yep i don't know if that is something that was like taught in churches at all but the same friend that took me to youth group he had a rubber band around his wrist that he would do it wasn't he didn't tell me explicitly it was for like sexual thoughts but he would Say it was for other stuff. He's like, like staring at you, snapping it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> flattered, <laughs> riddle me flattered. Um, but <laughs> I'm gonna watch for that now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but he he like taught he said that about like other stuff. So I could only imagine if he's dealing with that thing with his girlfriend mm-hmm. where they're telling him to break up with them. Like, might be a thing he learned in youth group.
1: Mm-hmm. Totally. Fuck. How does that? Sorry, did you have a question? I was just gonna go, how do we drop out? Yeah, <laughs> how do we quit? Yeah, how do purity we quit culture?
2: <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. done. <laughs> it's a
0: scary I mean, hole. The two of you are clearly pushing back against it already because you talk about sex in such a positive public way. Um, and the more kind of voices and creators out there who do that, I think that is pushing back on purity culture. Um, For people who were raised deep in it and are struggling, one of the first things that I think is important is to truly figure out what your own values are and let yourself choose them. Um, I'm working with a woman now who, you know, when we had a conversation the other day and I was like, so how do you feel about, you know, whether or not you want to wait until you're in a committed relationship to have sex? She was like, it's so wild to me that I get to choose that there's not just one edict that came down from above that she has to follow. Mm -hmm. So I think that making, making time to think critically about your own values, like the church taught me this, but what do I actually believe? Like, do I believe that sex is only good if I'm married? Do I believe it's only good if I'm in an emotionally intimate relationship? What are my thoughts on casual sex? And then, you know, figure out also what's right for you might not be what you think everyone else should be entitled to do. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think anyone should be able to make any sexual choice they want as long as it's with consenting adults. But it doesn't mean that I want to make all those same choices. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Um, So I think that part is important. Getting accurate sex ed about all of the topics that you didn't get it about that are relevant to you. Um, You know, when I work with people, we really – the work I do with them and the sex that I give them is individualized to their situation. So if they're like, you know, I'm, I'm a young queer, I'm a young queer person. And I am curious about like finding queer community and what it's like to actually have sex with other girls. Um, We focus on that. If it's someone that's like, I don't even know how my menstrual cycle works or help me buy a first vibrator. Like we work on that. So giving yourself permission to experience pleasure, giving yourself permission to seek information, it all starts with that and then is a process. Um, and I'm not a therapist. I'm a sex educator. So I always tell them like, my work is very complementary to therapy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you have purity culture trauma, trauma therapy with someone that understands religious trauma is going to be important too.
1: hmm
0: and there's a growing amount of voices against purity culture, a growing amount of voices in the deconstruction community. Like I've ended up in those circles because of my work and it's all very new to me. Cause again, like I was not raised evangelical, but now like half or no, like almost all of my like Instagram and Twitter feed are ex evangelicals. So I like <laughs> learned so much about their deconstruction process and mm-hmm you can really get plugged into those communities on social media. And I think that's a big help too.
2: I was looking up questions that I wanted to bring for this interview. And I was telling Cass that I like went on TikTok, and I'm like purity culture. And like, what are they saying? People who are experiencing it, experiencing it or coming out of it. What is that? It's like, yeah, these communities are becoming more and more public, Mm -hmm. but that's, I don't know, which is great.
1: Yeah, if you, you know, you're interested in dropping out of purity culture, even if it's not, you know, something you are super entrenched in, what if like your your community, like your family and your friends are not supportive of that and still don't like, you know, I think you can be in a pretty typical friend group. And if you start having sex with a bunch of people and somebody's like, God, that's kind of slutty. Like, like, what do you do? I look at you like you have told me I'm slutty before. (laughs) That's not how our you had sex with the same person. I am engaged entire (laughs) time. Yeah, but like you know, just simple comments like that, and feeling shame around trying out a lot of different things. Like, how do you work through that?
0: It's so hard. I mean, sometimes when people make the choice to leave or to question their religious beliefs they do lose communities and lose friend groups and lose social supports and i've seen that time and time again where they're like you know what was a big dividing point for a lot of people was the 2016 election so many folks have been like i was already questioning all of the teachings of the church and when i saw how hard evangelicals were going for trump i just like couldn't be there anymore. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, when you leave those beliefs or start to publicly question them, you absolutely run the risk of losing relationships. Mm -hmm. And I have yet to meet someone who didn't find that worth it though. Mm -hmm.
2: So that's what you can kind of keep in the back of your mind, even if it's really hard. Mm
0: -hmm. It is hard, um, but there's more folks out there like you, there's more deconstruction community out there and people that don't hold those beliefs. It's scary to think about it though, when you're in it, because that's your whole world for Mm -hmm. some people.
2: Are there any um, like online resources on the top of your head, like Instagram people to follow or something that could be like a first step for people who are just looking to find someone talking about this?
0: Yeah. um, So there's a really popular account that you might've come across that actually talk purity to me. Mm. And it's run by a woman named Blair, who was actually one of my Purity Dropout clients. She's very public about that, so I'm not, like, telling her business. Um, But Blair was raised in purity culture, and she is now, like, a social media superstar talking about it, and she's so fucking funny. Um, She's, like, a comedian, (laughs) and I love her content. And another one, um, there's so many good meme accounts about, like, deconstructing. Another one is Deconstruction Girl. She's hilarious. Those are two off the top of my head. Um, Fundy Fridays. There's a YouTube channel and an Instagram account, F-U-N-D-I-E Fridays. Um, Religious Trauma Institute, Dr. Laura E. Anderson. Dr. Tina Shameless Sex. Jamie Lee Finch, Kevin Garcia. There's a lot of people
2: out there. That's amazing. Thank you for plugging all those too. Cause I feel Mm -hmm. like those, if it's hard to take like first steps, maybe with your voice or with actions, at least you can start finding online communities that you Mm -hmm. can hide within, you know, Mm -hmm. to figure out where your voice is too. Even if
0: you have to make like a Finsta to follow Mm -hmm. these people, you
1: know what I mean? And I know some people do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I do want to ask, you know, like obviously Emma and I come from like a pretty sex positive place right now, but I don't want people to feel guilty if like, you know, they are bringing in these feelings like it's not their fault. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, I love talking
0: about this. Um, I always tell people like you were affected by these systems in the exact way that they were supposed to work if you were deeply affected by purity culture it's not because you are weak it's not because you're some kind of prude and it's not because you're like i don't know some kind of like sex negative bad person you the systems are shitty you're not shitty the systems of like patriarchy white supremacy capitalism all that shit combines to create purity culture purity culture upholds all that so if you're affected by it um it's working like it's supposed to and in order to heal from purity culture you also don't have to go all the way to the other end of the spectrum and like start going to anonymous sex parties and you know <laughs> doing all kinds of wild shit if you land there by choice That is awesome. But if you also were just like, yeah, I'm fine staying married to my like cis straight husband and having a monogamous marriage and sometimes like getting to have an orgasm, like Uh that's also great. There's not a there's not one endpoint that everyone needs to end up as. So, you know, a lot of times I think people worry like, well, if I get rid of these purity culture values, I'm just gonna end up doing like every sex thing under the sun, even stuff that I'm not interested in. And I'm like no, that's not true. I mean, I am very sex positive and I am probably pretty fucking boring compared (laughs) to what some people expect. So, you know, you don't have to do anything you don't want to. That's the whole point is figuring out like what actually is comfortable for you. Mm
2: -hmm. Wonderful. Thank you for bringing that up too. Cause all of my reactions were in disgust of what's being taught. Oh, totally. Not to who and what it affects
1: well I was think coming at it from a place of like I've definitely called people sluts before and I've definitely no. been like oh my god like she's sleeping with so many people mm-hmm. like in high school
0: I did it in high like, school too I, I was a feminist yeah. mm-hmm. I, I exactly. called myself a feminist it really it's again ingrained
1: And from a place of like, oh, she just must not respect herself very much. Which it's like, Uh then I'm like thinking I'm this feminist who's like tearing down this other person. And it's like, I came from that kind of spot all the time of Mm -hmm. like, oh, like she should really care about herself more. And it's like, I don't know. Maybe she was. Maybe... Orgasms are great. I didn't know at that point. Yeah. I had no I idea. Any, so, so, like, I'm sorry, I was losing. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, but yeah.
0: The way you spoke of that just reminded me that another area people often have to reframe and learn about is sex work, because mm. Christians think that anyone who does sex work needs rescuing and that they're mm. all like these sad, drug addled, trafficked people that need to be saved. And for a lot of folks learning that like sex workers are people doing a job is really like wild for them to wrap their minds around.
1: Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that we didn't touch on? Any PSAs you want to give to finish out? I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> Before you pull out.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love a
0: good, that's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> um I mean, I think I would just, if there's anyone, you know, if folks are listening to this and they are people that feel like they've been affected by purity culture, it's never too late to undo that shit. That's something that I love to emphasize. It's like, I don't care if you're 60. I actually had a woman buy my sexual values workbook who was in her seventies and just got out of a cult. Wow. You don't have to be. 20 and young to deconstruct purity culture. It's never too late. Um, There's no expiration date on sexual exploration. I get a lot of folks that are like, but I'm I'm too old to come out as a lesbian. And they're like 28. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding? Just do it. Like, you have decades (laughs) ahead of you. So like, you're never too late to come out. You're never too late to undo sexual shame. Like, and you will have a sexual relationship with yourself for your entire life. Mm -hmm. So- Treat it well and cultivate it and care for it. And it, you know, it's never, ever too late to
2: do that.
1: You can always have orgasms. I know I have all the time. Mm-hmm.
2: So if I had to feel shame twice a day, that'd mm-hmm. be upsetting. <laughs> we got a lot of new toys recently. So, like, you has been That's twice so. a day. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta do That's what
1: you gotta thing,
0: do. Uh, it's fun to be like a sex ed public figure and just have people send you toys. I did not know
2: that was going to be a perk of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's been my favorite thing that we've ever experienced. Yeah. (laughs) Where can our listeners keep connecting with you after the episode?
0: So my, the main place you can find me being active is on Instagram. My Instagram is ericasmith.sex.ed I also tweet but half the time I'm just like hi and talking shit on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. Sometimes so not-
1: that's a good place to follow. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good time to that's ask so your Q and a, if yeah. you want. <laughs>
0: right. Sometimes I tweet about purity culture, but sometimes I'm just like high and watching TV and like, Hey guys, <laughs> <laughs> um, I love it. And then my website is purityculture.com. And that's where I have classes um, for purchase. I do webinars a lot on specific purity culture related topics. Um, I have the sexual values workbook up there, and then that's how people can like work with me and find me for that.
1: My god. My good God. <laughs> Unintended. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna
1: say in Jesus' name. <laughs> <laughs> in Jesus name,
2: I we don't slay. Really? Know if that works.
1: <laughs> what already... was that tapestry we saw that was oh the Jesus? Oh my one? god. Oh fuck. Jesus.
2: Is my DJ? It was like something about Jesus being a DJ.
1: Fuck. Yeah, I remember what so that is. It was so funny.
2: Ugh, uh, we want it. We're buying tapestries.
1: Tapestries. Emma says tapestry sometimes. We or like tapestry. Go back and forth. I oh. say tapestry now because you said it, and I just like it the way Is it tapestry? I'm 90% sure it's tapestry, but tap. T- street. Street. Um okay, but related to the episode, holy shit, I right after the interview I went and I talked to my partner because he grew up religious. And I, you know, was like, oh my god, like can you believe that they have these like you know groups where they have people talk about what made them horny that week? And he was like, Yeah, we did something like that. Wow. And I was like, What? And he's like, No, but it was like normal. And I'm like, uh- um, I don't think it's ever normal and so we got into it a little bit that sounds like we fought we didn't um and I just had him explain it to me and when he was in Sunday school basically they would have to go around and say like what they did that was bad or sexual or like Mm. impure thoughts that they had and he said it was like very supportive quote unquote and that he didn't feel unsafe but I feel like I don't know that I could talk about it so mm-hmm. I just I think that's fucked that's very interesting that's that's crazy and the fact that he felt like it was a good thing I think shows how much more fucked up it was because right. it's just like oh no strange adult should be asking you about like what made you horny this week? Yeah. Well, did he did he see where you were coming from after? Or did yeah. does he
2: still stand from the point of, like, I was fine?
1: Um, He was actually, like, really close with the leaders of the mm-hmm. group, like family friends. So I think that that makes it more complicated, which I'm sure a lot of people who have listened to this episode and are like, oh, my God, have, you know, close people that are... Right proponents of these ideas and so I just think it gets really really complicated yeah and there's a lot involved and it sucks totally. that we have to unpack all of it and feel like shit um but yeah we're here to feel like shit with you yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: definitely um anyway well thank you Erica for like bringing all of this down to a digestible level
1: and being so like well-receiving to all of our
2: questions. <laughs> and thank you mm-hmm.
1: to our listeners. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, please share this episode. This is so important, and mm-hmm. it impacts everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so share it. Share oh. the heck out of it. Share mm-hmm. it with everyone you love. Um, and if you want to share even more love, head on over to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe to Honey Do Me if this is going to be the episode that gets you to leave a review. <laughs> Even angel, angel <laughs> emoji in wow. your written review, yeah. right? Or the prayer hands? Yeah, I don't know. Tasteful, really. tasteful. Anyway, or the devil? I don't care. <laughs> I'll give a fuck we'll know. we'll know. We'll know. We'll know. We gotcha. All right. Well, we will see you next week. Yep. Bye. Bye.